Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. So, hello everybody, and thank you for joining us for yet another 2020 version of the Richard Listens podcast. Uh, thank you for your patience in checking us out on all the different platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and for experimenting with us as we try different modalities. We go out to the field, we try and grab uh, shots of our athletes before they hit the field, ring, um, court. Uh, we came last weekend from uh, Windward Basketball and their uh, last second overtime loss um, to Rebay Academy. And uh, I was feeling that one for about five days after having been alongside those players this year. So that's part of uh, my growth as a consultant in the field is, is getting really attached. Uh, and, and as much as we talk about and, and write about letting go of outcome and getting into a process mindset, uh, I can tell you that it's it's certainly heartbreaking. Uh, losing is tough, and um, to see tears on the players and the coaches, it's um, it, it, it's something that's going to take some adjusting to, and, and hopefully uh, wish only good things to them as they come back in, in 2020. Uh, of course, uh, for you listening out there, a lot of you uh, dealing with the uh, day that the music died, that uh, I've, first time in my life, NCAA tournament uh, canceled and uh, major sports teams and seasons have been postponed or canceled altogether, which is uh, really just shows and highlights how much sports is a part of daily life, meaning and fun, uh, and just enjoyment, entertainment of so many ways. So we really hope uh, that uh, we get some clarity and uh, and the crisis de-escalates, we get some solutions some treatments and uh, uh, you know, w wishing for a prompt escalation, and this is not just here in Los Angeles or nationwide, but but globally. I'm here. I'm recording uh, at home. I was supposed to be on the road to Arizona today. That was canceled as well. So this is just change. We also, as uh, professionals, have to deal with change and uh, adapt on the fly. So thank you for being here with us. 
uh, today. And I'm excited uh, today about our show. I have a guest who both has a uh, knowledge and uh, as, as a sports psychology uh, consultant. Uh, he's also a, let's see, a master's in educational and school counseling with an emphasis in positive coaching, which we will learn more about what that means. Uh, he's also an athlete of jiu-jitsu and uh, MMA. Uh, I believe also in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So uh, that's where, you know, he'll get to correct me and, and talk to us about his experience as a unique athlete uh, and professional who has um, overcome being diagnosed with cerebral palsy at nine months of age. So it's hard enough to be an MMA fighter. It's hard enough to, to combat cerebral palsy. So hearing uh, from our guest today, Matt Marcinek, will certainly inspire you and give you some unique angles on how to approach whatever challenge you're facing in your own athletic career and maybe ways to adapt your mindset uh, to uh, think a little bit differently and maybe some misnomers that are out there about, you know, feeling that you need to be always happy and, you know, just positive all the time as part of being uh, an athlete. Uh, so certainly we know failure, challenge, and pain and struggle is a part of the journey. So without further ado, uh, and my rambling and my journeys, uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Marcinek. Thanks so much, Richard. Thanks for having me. So how did I do with your credentials there? Did I butcher them at all? <clears throat> no, you, you did great. The only <laughs> thing that you didn't mention is I'm also a first-degree brown belt in judo. I'm one wrinkle away from my black belt. You're one rank away from your black belt. That's that's absolutely incredible. So this has been a, you know, a lifelong journey with you with uh, jujitsu, martial arts, wrestling. I mean, yep, just about. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm 36. I'm going to be 37. And I've been training for about almost 17 years now. So just about. Half my life has been spent on a mat and doing something physical. That's incredible. And how and how did you get into that? Was that were your parents wrestlers? Did you uh, just like tumbling around as a little kid? <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, no, man. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, my love of wrestling started out with my love of pro wrestling. Uh, Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior. You know, Macho Man, Randy Savage, all those Ooh, guys like that. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> it started there, and then um, probably in 1996, funny enough, a guy who ended up becoming a pro wrestler. I watched Kurt Angle win the gold medal in '96 in Atlanta, <clears throat> and uh, it just popped in my head. I was like, that's something that I that I would like to do. Uh, I would like to be on the wrestling team at school. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I had asked, uh, I talked to the middle school principal at the time who was, who was also the wrestling coach, and I asked him if I would be able to do it. And he said, you know, hey, I admire your guts, and I admire, <laughs> admire your determination and all that stuff, but it's not really something that uh, I think that you'll be able to do. And uh, <clears throat> honestly, being young at the time, being um, – 13 years old, uh, I kind of believed them, and uh, I had some surgeries and stuff, so that sent me back, and uh, <clears throat> I kind of put it off, and then my <clears throat> senior year of high school, in like a kind of a 
classic now or never moment. Um, I decided to join the wrestling team. Um, was on the wrestling team, but unfortunately, due to a <clears throat> short-sighted administrator, um, was never able to get an actual match. Um, but I'm a really, really, really competitive dude. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so, so educate people a little bit who might not be a little, uh, you know, aware. What, what are the, you know, the the. So, was it just his fear? Like, what is the uh, stigma? you know, or, or concern with allowing, um, you know, people who have disabilities to compete? Yeah, so um, honestly, I thought that it was only from a legal standpoint. Um, <clears throat> they were afraid that I was going to get hurt and possibly, you know, sue or something like that, even though I told them uh, multiple times <clears throat> that I wouldn't. Um, you know, it was even so much that I needed to get a note from my doctor just to be able to ride the bus with my team, you know, because they were concerned, what if there was an accident? And, you know, I remember saying to the administrator, I was like, if there's an accident, I'm like, and I'm able, I'm like, these are my friends, I'll pull them off the bus. <laughs> and, right. you, know, you right. know, he just kind of, he kind of laughed at that, but like, <laughs> that's true. Like, you know, I would react like a, like a quote unquote normal human being would in that situation. Like, <clears throat> um, but I think it was all, I think it was all a legal from a legal standpoint. They just didn't like the optics of it, you know, in case I got hurt, you know, or anything like that. Yeah, but, that's, uh, that's a weird combination between, yeah, liability and, um, you know, and yet allowing, you know, an athlete to define their own path of self-determination. Um, sure. You know, and I know this has gone all the way up, uh, you know, to the Olympic level, um, sure. you know, with, with, with athletes, um, you know, really wanting to compete at the highest level of athleticism. Uh, but I do work here in, in Los Angeles with a, a program called uh, special, special Maccabees. And I do work with special needs basketball players. And so, you know, it, it's pretty impressive to me. Um, there, there's something different going on. There's high levels of competition, but there's also an appreciation for every person who shows up um, yeah. uh, and value for, for just people who commit and what they go through just to make it to the gym. Uh, yeah, so well, I mean, I always, say, I always say, though, that my needs aren't really that special. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, I need food, water, water, and shelter like everybody else. And then, you know, everything else I've got to take care of on my own. <laughs> That's right. Well, apparently you need to, you know, kick some major <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, in the ring. So, so, so talk to me about when, when – um, so doctors were telling you, do you remember at a young age, them telling you, uh, like that you could not, uh, or yeah. do you just always remember like fighting to prove that you could? Yeah. So actually let's, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's a good point. <laughs> let's rewind the tape a little bit. <clears throat> yes, please. And go back to when I was, uh, <clears throat> when I was diagnosed at, uh, nine months old, um, 
<clears throat> at nine months, uh, I was actually diagnosed by my pediatrician. And um, at that point, they sent me to see a neurologist. And I just want you guys to picture, like, I'm nine months old. I'm sitting on, probably sitting on my mother's lap, you know, just a little boy. And um, this neurologist told my parents that, you know, not only would I never walk, <clears throat> they said that there's a good possibility <laughs> that I would never speak uh, to get me a computer because I would never be able to hold a pencil. I would never be able to write. I would never be able to feed myself. I would never <clears throat> be able <laughs> to dress myself. Uh, I wouldn't go to regular school like everybody else. Um, basically, all of life's daily functions wouldn't be possible. And one of their last uh, recommendations to my parents were that there is a lot of good facilities in the area and surrounding areas. And, you know, they may want to put me in one of those and kind of never look back. And um, uh, I can't remember what age I was when I heard that story. I probably overheard it. My parents tell me some something about that. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> I can tell you that <clears throat> from the first time I heard it to just now when I said it, yeah, I, <laughs> it pissed me off. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound like such a positive guy. I was like, aren't you angry? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, but I, but then, then the thought that occurred to me is, yeah, you started to go into it. Well, how did your parents take that message? Because. Oh, I mean, they were scared. Um, <clears throat> they were scared. This was 1983. Um, <clears throat> they didn't know, they didn't know anything about cerebral palsy. Um, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't a, a very well-known thing back then. Not that, not that you know, 1983 we were in the dark age, but there wasn't a lot of information. So, um, you know, we really had to they or they really had to dig in and, and do their research. And um, <clears throat> luckily enough, one of their coworkers um, had a. Uh, family member, I don't know if it was her son or nephew or <clears throat> or something, but they went to the Alfred I. DuPont Institute in Delaware, which is a, a, a big, you know, pediatric children's hospital. And we got hooked up with <clears throat> um, one of the foremost uh, <clears throat> doctors for pediatric surgeons for cerebral palsy in the country. And he did all of my surgeries. He really put their mind at ease, you know, and it's kind of funny relating it to the stuff that's going on today. Um, he, he cut out the panic. He cut out the panic and he cut through the BS and he was like, Mr. and Mrs. Marcinic, this is your best case scenario. This is your worst case scenario. This is somewhere in the middle, but you know, this is not a death sentence for your child. And they felt a lot better. So they were like, you know, absolutely not. We're not putting him in a facility. You know, if he needs care, that's what we're going to give him. <laughs> we're his parents. So thank God they did that, you know. But, uh, I mean, when that they, was. When they, when they tell you this story about, you know, like, and their vulnerability that they were willing to admit that they were afraid, but they were also committed to finding a way 
to caring and loving you? How did, how did that impact the story that you continue to carry forward? Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, like, how could you not be <clears throat> anything but, you know, uh, eternally grateful to your parents, you know, <clears throat> for all this stuff that I've got um, to <clears throat> accomplish, for all those things that somebody told me that I wasn't going to be able to do, that I've kind of gone and, you know, crossed those off the list one by one by one, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I don't blame them for being, for being scared at all. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the unknown, but, you know, for them to have, you know, the, the, the courage and to say, Hey, this is just what's going to happen. Like, how could you not be eternally grateful? And then like, you know, <clears throat> I basically live my life uh, every day knowing that something could be far worse than it is. And, you know, I'm playing with house money right now. So I'm kind of right. good. <laughs> <laughs> what's um, better than house money? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, so, you, so you, uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I kind of look at that, that neurologist, you know, I say that that neurologist, like, or I say about that, that neurologist, like, listen, <clears throat> I'm still mad at him. Uh, I don't know if I could be in the same room with him, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, I call him my Dr. Frankenstein because he created this monster that's, you know, talking to you today. Well, you say that with the, that, that, that's really a brilliant reframe and, 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 you know, we work with kids, right? Like using an image like that or, you know, a, a tool like that as motivation, right? Like, I mean, right, exactly. When somebody tells you no, when somebody, you know, uh, you know, refuses to give you the, the hand up that you think you need. Um, you know, and that, and that's been part of my journey recently with, with doing this show and trying to reach out to, to guests on, on the front line. And the more you push yourself, uh, even this whole journey of, of mental skills coaching and trying to put yourself out there to help teams. Yeah. I mean, not everyone's ready, not everyone's yeah. willing, um, you know, talk about, you know, MMA fighters. I mean, it's like, you know, very, very specific, uh, athlete, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not always going to happen at once. So, so this the feeling of rejection, right, and, and being defeated, um, it can really build character. And and if somebody doesn't have the um, the support system or the ability to like develop some tools, uh, like you said, like right, this is the monster. I, you know, I'm created now and I'm committed. You know, yeah. it's it's my. It becomes part of purpose. It becomes part of meaning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. To strive in in, in in the face of it. So, but but you know the thing that stands out to me, you know more than anything, how many people, you know, are willing to go, oh and eighty. <laughs> Tell us about that. I mean, to me, that yeah. is like that is like climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was my own personal Everest for sure. <clears throat> so. So like I was saying before with the whole wrestling thing, um, I'm a very, very, very competitive guy. And uh, so competitive that uh, 
I, I fell in love with wrestling. I, I loved it. I wanted to continue doing it. Um, <clears throat> tried to get a wrestling club together at my college. That really didn't <clears throat> materialize. But luckily from there, uh, I found uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, those two two sports, those two arts have really um, been like – a huge linchpin in my life and they uh they allowed me to compete without you know I like the first time I competed in, in judo I remember like one of the refs asking the head tournament director if it was okay and she was like did he sign the waiver and did he pay his money and the guy was like yeah and she's like well then he's competing and I was like Finally, man, like this, that's all I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like that, like that's all I wanted. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I've always been, I've always been a, pre, a pretty <clears throat> realistic guy. And I knew that there was going to be some challenges. I mean, you don't, you know, not have the ability to walk and just come in and dominate physical sports like jujitsu and judo. But, uh, I did not know that it was going to take me 10 years and 80 losses to get my first win. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was very, very uh, daunting. And there was, man, there was some, uh, <clears throat> I don't mind saying, there was some dark days for me going through this because I'm a competitor and I don't use my disability as an excuse. Um, you know, um, <clears throat> like, after every tournament, there's very, very well-meaning people that come up to you and they pat you on the head or they shake your hand and they smile and they say, man, you know, hey, this doesn't matter. The only thing that matters <clears throat> is that you got out there and you did it. No, well, that's what matters to you that I, that I went out there and did it. Like, it matters a whole hell of a lot to me if I win or not. <laughs> you know right so, right so 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 you receive this these messages of positivity from people but internally um you know you're like <laughs> you want the result yeah man oh listen um you know as and we'll get into this a little later but you know as much as like there's there's an interesting like dichotomy with me and mental performance, like <laughs> as much as as much as the process is the ultimate thing, and that's what what matters. Winning is still very, very, very important. Like I like I I am not I am not one of these people that discounts the want to win at all because I did it for ten years. So <clears throat> so I know somebody's pain when winning is not happening. And that's why, that's why coaching in general, whether it's the mental performance coaching or, you know, actually coaching jujitsu and judo and, you know, helping with the MMA people. Like that's why coaching in any sense of the word matters so much to me because I want to help people not feel the way that I did. And ultimately that comes through winning, you know? So that, like, that's why, that's why that's really important, really, really important to me. So I understand both sides of the, the fence, basically, and I, I just kind of want to blend them together. You know, I never want people to not be competitors and, you know, just say, oh, well, it's all about the process. 
it's 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 let's say it's ninety percent about the process, but that ten percent of winning is still very very important. Also, your relationship to winning, right? When winning is so difficult, when winning feels like it's so far away, um, it means something very different, yes. right? I mean, that's why you see this, like, you know, tremendous release of emotion, um, you know, especially for a fighter, right? Because a fighter's yeah. journey, aside from his corner, is so so personal um, sure. and so individual, um and usually you know the fighting character is not is not just it's not just born in the ring yep it just, it just got an area where it was able to be applied listen like there 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 is no sport in the world and you know and i i, I love collectively i love the combat sports but like <clears throat> everybody talks about the highs and lows of sports <clears throat> like and the reason that i love working with combat athletes so much is <clears throat> there's no area in the world where the highs are so high for such a short period of time and the rest of the time you're either somewhere in the middle or you're low <laughs> you know so so taking somebody to that middle is very very important you know because there's such ebbs and flows in the game all the time yeah, so let's touch upon that a little bit. Um, yeah, how do you help, uh, you know, an MMA fighter, right, in this very highly unique sport that's now really taking national prominence? And I just saw the uh, Bellator has been joined the list of events that got canceled. Yep. Um, Was they canceled, or are they fighting with nobody in the arena? Uh, I think I think it's I think it's gotten gotten canceled. Oh, okay. Uh, but I won't. Oh, yeah. So it's like this is just such a fluid thing where things are yeah. changing like this. So I'm sure our athletes will uh, – it's a whole other kind of anxiety. We were talking about like the panickiness of like sure. you know, an athlete needs their ability to go practice and perform. I right. to get focused to all this stuff. Um, you know, all these changing pieces has got to be tough right now. And uh, um, I'm glad there's guys out there like you, um, you know, working <laughs> to, help, to help athletes uh, cope with a little bit of this um, – this transition let's call it and the period of uncertainty right yep. so you know but that that is kind of the the flip side i know we're going to get into positive coaching and some of your, your training and spins on that but yeah when, when you've dealt with adversity you've learned how to tolerate these periods of not having it go your way for so long yeah. Yeah. um you know how how can athletes deal with a period of time like this where you know, everything's up in the air and out of your control. Um, you know, what would you have, uh, you know, your fighters doing right now or uh, keep keeping healthy and focused? It's funny, man. Like, like we, uh, what I are you doing? Through, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I just went through a, through a situation with, uh, <clears throat> with my fighter that I work with. His name is Lucas LaRue. Um, <clears throat> fights out of my gym in Trenton. Um, <clears throat> He was actually supposed to fight tomorrow in Pittsburgh. And we went through a situation where he had, in three and a half days, he had three different opponents. Two, the first two opponents pulled out. And we were on our third opponent. And then it was, it was kind of up in the air with the third opponent. We had to decide whether he was going to pull out the fight or he was going to stay in the fight. And, you know, <clears throat> for as much, I, I loved what you said in your intro. This uh, about working with the the it was a basketball team, correct? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I loved what I love what you said about about feeling what what they what they felt, you know, and and really experiencing their emotion, <clears throat> because for me, um, like when, when my fighters are up, like I'm up, I'm up here, like <clears throat> to go through <clears throat> this with him for <laughs> the last week, like. <clears throat> It was a really tough thing. Like, you kind of got like that little that little empath thing going on, where like his energy was low, my energy was low. You know, because I because I at the end of the day, let's forget about all my my education training. Like, I'm a fighter. <laughs> I'm a fighter. I know I know what it is to go through this journey, right? And to feel bad, and to feel like nothing's going your way. So like, we never want to ignore those feelings at all. We want to address them. Right, we want to address them and say, "Hey, I get what you're feeling, but here's what you have to do." Like we had to keep working, right? <clears throat> you know, the very, very basic stuff of controlling the controllables. Like the opponent didn't really matter; it was the work that he was going to put in, right? No matter what. <clears throat> and then, at the end of the day, we were going to make a decision collectively whether he was going to stay in that fight or not. But his sole job is to just work, right? Yeah, Matt, you really are. You just you touched upon a few things there, and so I, you know, I love if you've listened to my shows. I love to cut my guests off and be sure. rude. Uh, but but you said so much that like you know lit up my brain about five different areas because it's such <laughs> a you know it's this fine line you know the clinical psychologist role and you know it's supposed to be objective and you know at least there's this part of a training that goes that way and there's these moments of empathy. And you're like, well, then there's this fear. If I get caught too much in empathy and feeling, well, then I lose my objectivity. You know, so it's the real beauty of, you know, especially you're working with a one-on-one -on -one athlete. How can you not? Yeah. The relationship is so important. And yeah, yeah. for any students out there, people, you know, entering sports psychology or consultant and mental skills, you know, if there is not a relationship there or if you don't understand the story about what this particular game moment um, you know, means, um, yeah. it's going to be harder to connect and, and an athlete will feel that. So, you know, the goal is not to become, you know, a textbook with, uh, you know, sure. scenarios that there's something to like these, these experiences don't occur in a bubble. Um, you know, how many athletes I've had come on the show that were playing in, in Spain or in freezing cold Russia and away from family. Like, it's just not, it's not yeah. just, you know, X's and O's. Um, so yeah, there's this, this beautiful place about like totally feeling uh, what it must go through and, and leaving a little bit of space for that, for like, right. You know, like they're allowed to be a little bit disappointed or frustrated yeah. or like that six different fights have been canceled or now all of a sudden there's this pressure to make the decision and, and yeah. it, 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 it may be challenging. So, but having someone in your corner who's like, um, right, we can't, we can't purely get stuck in the feeling right. about this. Um, <laughs> so how do you balance that, uh, you know, Matt, about being so connected and, and feeling so much a part of the journey of your fighters and yet um, and needing to be the leader who pushes forward uh, uh it's it's tough man because like lucas and myself like we train together like i like i still train 
actively at least two days a week. We train together. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> we're we're friends. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, as much as 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 we are friends, um, you know, I still realize that <laughs> part of me has the word the word part of my job still has the word coach attached to it. I'm a mental performance coach, right? So <clears throat> I'm still there in a guidance and a leadership role. So <clears throat> it's getting together with, and, and we've had, we've had big talks like going through, through this thing. Like I told him, man, I was like, I had the, the little angel and that little demon on my shoulder and we're going back and forth. You know, the angel's going, this is not right. You got to pull him out of the fight. Demons going, just let him fight. You know he wants to fight. Like, just let him, <laughs> let him fight. And, and the angel, and at the same time, the angel's going, well, he does want to fight. You know you would fight if it, if it was in the, the situation. So I'm like, guys, shut up because I need it. I need to make this decision. But at the end of the day, like that, but you, you just got to know that's why you're there. You know what I mean? You are there to make the best decision for him in that moment in time. And it, <clears throat> And it's not just me. It's talking to his striking coach, his jujitsu coach. You know, everybody in his camp that puts all that stuff together. We <clears throat> we really did a nice job <clears throat> of making it a collaborative team effort. You know, and like weighing the pros and cons, and then at the end of the day, saying, you know, I think we've given them enough opportunity um, to do one fight. So. Um, we don't have enough time to scout this third opponent and really put together any kind of preparation. So let's just pull on the fight. It's nothing on us that makes us look bad. And then <clears throat> we already found him another fight in April. So, you know, it's, it's adversity hits. We dealt with it. Now, how do we move on from that? That's, that's basically just how it, it goes, you know? And, and to be honest, <laughs> Richard, I never want to lose my emotion either you know what i mean i never i never want to lose my emotion like i know you said like you have to find that balance i love that i'm an emotional guy i love that i get fired up i love that i get sad i love that i get happy you know what i mean because <laughs> it's <laughs> authentically me you know i always want to be authentically me with my people They're, they know that there's no bs when when i when i deal with them you know <clears throat> they're, they're gonna get the truth they're gonna get exactly how i feel you know, at that moment in time. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. You know, it's like the, the, it's like our training sometimes gets in the way because, you know, anybody who's played basketball with me, I still have people that walk up to me and they're like, <laughs> you know, they laugh. They're like, I see you're very nice and very polite. And they're like, I played basketball with you. You know, you know, there's, there's a, a, you know, a warrior fighting for his identity out there. And, yeah, man. Um, I think I think when it comes to training, not not to interrupt you, but but yeah, when it comes to training, when it comes when it comes when it comes to training, that's books. You know what I mean? Like like that's books and that's, but that's books and that's education and all that's great. Um, but if you don't know people, if you don't know people, and you can't deal with people, and you can't communicate with people, and you can't be real with people, like <clears throat> like man, I. I say it all the time, like, and I, I've said it before, I said it before in this interview, like, at the end of the day, I am what I am, and that's a fighter, right, like, the, the mental performance side is cool, it's cool that I know that stuff, it's cool that I can help people with that stuff, but 
what you're really getting from me is the fighter who has the knowledge. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not the other way around. It, it's, not, it's not somebody who happens to be book smart that also practices. Right. And that knowledge is from, from the lived experience. Yeah, I just don't happen to have completed a master's. But, but most of my knowledge came through pain. <laughs> right. It came through pain. You know, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I said this the other day <laughs> to somebody, and it's gonna sound like like a like a very a very sad thing to say, but like a lot of this stuff, a lot of the stuff that has driven my life, or, or is pain. You know, is is struggle and it is adversity. But I'm cool with that. You have to embrace that adversity and use it as fuel to carry it through to the other side. And I'm all about that. Yeah, well, what, what you're touching on and what, you know, um, I'm putting in uh, the uh, Crossing the Threshold, which is a book that I'm putting out this year, is, is about the athletic identity. Because, yeah. right, w- what that means, you know, what hard work looks like or what adversity looks like is very different. And it's going to be hard for anyone to duplicate what you know at a seed level, like that, that Dr. Frankenstein story, um, you know, like, I mean, people may have, you know, I have, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, JV coach who didn't believe, believe in me in baseball, or I've got a, you know, basketball yeah. coach who was chain smoking on the bus and throwing clipboards, <laughs> but, but not someone saying, right. Like you'll never be, Right, you know this type of athlete, or you'll never be able to do what it is you dream of doing. So, so, so I, so I say this all the time to get my, to get my point across. There's a difference between somebody telling you that you're not going to be successful, right? I mean, we hear that all the time. Like, like you know, people doubt you, and they're like, you're not going to be successful. This person, that neurologist, told me that I wasn't going to be useful. <laughs> right, and you know, and, and and that's what hurts. And that's what hurts, and that's what drives everything with me, you know, <clears throat> on a on a very low, probably subconscious level. Like, you know, <clears throat> that's what that's what drives <clears throat> a lot of the motivation <laughs> to be the best, and you know, and and just to work hard and, and do all that stuff. And, and yet, how many? Up. And yet, how many athletes who come from? Uh, a broken home or, you know, where there's substance abuse or God forbid, physical abuse, right? Like have have heard that message in a different way, maybe not physically, right? you know, that they're not useful, but emotionally sure that that they're not, you know, that they don't have value in in something. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that part of, you know, the identity that goes, I'm going to fight for it, or I have to fight for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we, we're all fighting something, right? We have an opponent that we have to get through, right? Yeah. You just got to figure out the best technique and the best strategy to get around that opponent, right? Or, like, <clears throat> or yeah, like, you have to decide if you're okay with getting hit in the face a little bit. You know, and getting back up. You know, there's nothing wrong with tasting your own blood every once in a while. <laughs> so at what point did you say, like, I mean, 
you know, I'm going to keep going until I get this victory. And I'm going to keep going until I get this blue belt, brown belt, purple belt. I mean, you've got a number of belts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, like, it, it was until that zero was gone, right? It was until that zero was gone in the left-hand side of my uh, of the column. Um, you know, I, the, the words Matt Marcinic and quitter, I never wanted them to appear in the same sentence together unless is not was in between them. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because if, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you fail at something a bunch, like you're not a failure in, in my eyes, like you failed, but you know, that's just an event. It, it's, it's not, it's not who you are. But also though, I feel like if you quit on something that you absolutely love, like you are a quitter, you know, and like you have to deal with that, the consequence, not from other people, but from yourself, where you have to sit back and think, man, I quit on that. And I probably shouldn't have, you know, it's like <laughs> the two pains, the pain, the discipline or the pain of regret. And I never wanted to have the pain of regret, you know, where I said, man, you know, looking back on it now, where I would say like, I wish I just kept going because I never knew if I was going to get that first win or not. And, you know, um, up until, you know, like I said, a good, a good portion of my, my childhood was dealing with adversity. The, the adversity that I faced on, on, the, on the mat, whether it's judo or jiu-jitsu, like, it was really nothing different, you know, and I overcame everything else. So why not, so why not that? It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. It's incredible. I'd like, I'm just picturing like one of your fighters, like trying to like give up on a front plank after five minutes. <laughs> um, what message uh, are they getting in their ear? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, listen. Um, I, so, I, so, so, I empathize with people, and and I want to know, I want to know their situation, and I and I want to know what's going on with them. But uh, you know, I also don't take a lot of crap. Like, there's not, there's not a lot of excuses with me either. You know, and I, th but that's why, honestly, <clears throat> that's why I get along with my fighters so well. You know, because because they know that I, I'm I'm in this stuff for the right reasons. Um, you know, I, you know. Get at some point, like, 
he's not going to quit? Like, did they try and make it easy or take care of your feelings and go, oh, man, losing is too, like, like, or did they just know at some point that that was your character and your choice? Uh, uh, could, could you, uh, the first part of your question got cut off. Uh, um, like, uh, how did they handle, like, the losing? Did they uh, – your uh, your parents, like your coaches early, were they trying to protect you or did they just see that you were determined? Um, uh, uh, listen, it'd be okay listen, if they didn't want, you know, it's okay either way. But, but, no, know. no, 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 no. So, so I, so I was lucky, man. Um, I, um, you know, my, my parents, my parents, uh, you know, obviously felt quote unquote bad for me because they knew how much, just because they knew how much it meant to me. But uh, I, I don't know if there was really any any doubt in, their, in my parents' mind that I would keep going. And uh, I mean, listen, um, as far as like my my training partners and stuff like that, um, we we had some some very real discussions for a lot, of, uh, you know, a lot of times. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, I am who I am, and you know, I think they, they knew that I just wasn't going to give up. You know, I, I wasn't going to give up no matter what. Um, <clears throat> you know, because <laughs> words are one thing I might have said that I felt like quitting, and I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't. There was I absolutely did. But actions are another thing, you know what I mean? Like, so I would lose on Sunday, and I would still show up on Monday. <laughs> you know, right. like, and, and, that was, and that was very, very important to me that I did that. You know, um, because that's, as a coach or a consultant, that's really what you want to see, right? You want to see that somebody, you know, they're just they're showing up ready to, to go. They're ready to learn, ready to keep improving. Sure. And when you get that kind of feedback. Yeah. Then it's kind of like it's the, it's the green light of performance, you know, to, to yeah. keep, keep pushing. Um, so it sounds like you, you kind of sent the message to the world like. <laughs> Bring it. You know, you know. As, as listen, and I'm not, I'm not perfect, and I don't do everything right all of the time. And and there was, and there was, you know, there were some days I, I, I think I, you know, where I, I really did need like a mental health day, and I was like, you know, I just gotta step away for, <clears throat> for a day or two, and and get myself together, and I'll be back. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I, I really, I really do. It's not, I hate saying the word inspire because I mean, I get it. People say I'm an inspiration and all that stuff. And, 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 that, and that's great. I, I kind of, I kind of don't like that because I'm just doing what's, what's, you know, normal for me. Um, but I do try to lead by example a lot um, just because I have a, an idea and a way and a, and, and a thought process about how you should govern yourself as a competitor in the combat sports. And, you know, it, I, I try to, I try to lead by example in that way. Do you have any other, I mean, you know, I know you're helping, you know, people competing at, at high levels. Uh, do you ever get approached by people who, who had a, a similar story or message sent to them about not being able or, Oh, I mean, yeah. sure, uh, sure, and uh, you know, 
as a as like as like cliche as it sounds or whatever like it it's just it it really just comes down to like if this is what you want to do then like go out and do it be prepared to fail right be prepared to fail like i said before you know be prepared to get hit in the mouth right and be prepared to have a plan to come back you know um <clears throat> you know it, i like i i've given some i get i've given some speeches to some businesses and stuff and combat sports and and businesses and and all that stuff they're not they're not that 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 different right um as a matter of fact i think it was marcus aurelius that said uh life is far more like wrestling than dancing right right and and i mean and i love that quote because like very few times are you going to find somebody in life that's a dance partner with you that's willing to move in perfect lockstep with your goals and your aspirations and your dreams most of the time you're going to find somebody that's going to combat you and they're going to they're going to you know metaphorically metaphorically wrestle with you and try to pin you and say they'll know that you're not going to be able to do that <laughs> you know so i i really like that quote and i think it applies to a lot of things i love that quote thank you for sharing that <laughs> yeah sure. so i know i know in our time uh left you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you have your training was in positive coaching, and I know the, <laughs> you know the, the the field of positive psychology, and yeah. um, you know certainly Martin Seligman, you know influenced sure. the field and looking at attitudes and beliefs. Um, but you had some you know different perspectives, perhaps you know on kind of you know the pressures we feel especially now with social media you know it's like you got to win all the time and you got to be happy all the time and you got to be playing great all the time and uh, yeah. you know, if you do all these things perfectly you just may wind up you know being popular being liked and getting a college scholarship i don't know exactly what the formula is but <laughs> it's an awful lot of pressure yeah yeah um, so yeah so um first of all um the whole field of, of positive psychology is is wonderful like you mentioned martin seligman and and you know a bunch of people <clears throat> that you know live thrive and survive in that field and it's awesome um but when i <clears throat> when i mentioned to people that my degree has an emphasis in positive coaching they're like oh so you teach people to be happy all the time and that's kind of where I, I hate the word positive in that in the connotation that we have given it in that you know people think that positivity just means that we're going to be happy and we're going to be ostriches and we're going to stick our heads in the sand and we're going to ignore all the bad stuff that goes on around us in reality what positive coaching was in my degree was taking a, a holistic approach to developing an athlete physically mentally spiritually all that stuff <clears throat> but it's not it's not ignoring the negative stuff that happens in your life at all like i i would be foolish to ignore 
all of this stuff that I told you in the beginning of this podcast, that a man told me that I was going to be useless, that I went 0-80, that, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, I, I broke down and I cried after all, after a lot of my matches. And, you know, <clears throat> for a while, my self-worth was in the toilet because I tied my self-worth to my competition record, you know, <clears throat> which led me to mental performance, right? <laughs> like, I would be a fool to ignore all that stuff. Right. Uh, right, right. Because, again, it was through that adversity that I became the person that I, was, that I am now. Um, at the same, yeah. At the same time, you absolutely don't want to go negative either, because negative—that's just the anchor that that you place around your neck, and it just, you know, pile drives you into the ground. Like Macho Man, like who I mentioned before, he's getting a lot of pub on this podcast. Throwing <laughs> 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 uh, a little Ric Flair in there too. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, so, um, hey, I'm right there I, with you, man. I was yeah. watching all those Iron Cage battles. I mean, WWE uh, wrestling was like, I mean, they were like the heroes and they, they represented every emotion you could have. I yeah, mean, back in the day, right, man? But, uh, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> you don't, you don't want to go negative because that's obviously negativity, nothing, nothing good comes from being negative all the time but we we kidding we can't ignore the negative either like i said before it's not ignoring that my fighter feels bad or that his fight got canceled and he's upset right because i would be upset too right like you know it's not just saying hey chin up you know chin up look on the bright side well in that moment there is no bright side right like so I think it's it's somewhere in the middle, and um and Trevor Moad, who is um Russell Wilson's mental conditioning, sports psychology, whatever you want to call our field, um coach, he <coughs> he has a book where he talks about neutral thinking, and <coughs> and the reason that I like neutral thinking is um before, like I said, I I love emotion, I love to be an emotional guy. But when you start to think neutral, positive and negative are two emotions, right? And when we when we deal with emotions, that that clouds our judgment. Like I said before, I really, really, really wanted my guy to fight tomorrow in Pittsburgh. No matter what, I wanted him to fight. Um, but when you shift into neutral, when you shift in to that neutral side, it allows you to, to look in black and white and say, is this really the best choice for my athlete, right? So it, we kind of deal with, we kind of deal with everything in, the, in that black and white when you deal with neutral thinking as opposed to positive or negative. It's like, um, okay, so it's like, um, you know, you go to the casino and you lose a bunch of money at the casino and you feel you feel really bad, and you're like, oh man, what am I gonna do now? Well, the negative thinking says, you know, my significant other is going to kill me, and how am I going to explain this? And he or she's gonna be so mad, and you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be sleeping on the couch for the next month. Do you know and, this you example? Know, do you know that you lived this example? 
No, I mean, I don't go to the casino, but <laughs> it's just the first thing that popped in. But, uh, you know, the, the positive side would say, ah, oh, it you know, it's, it's only money and, and, you know, you only live once and blah, 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 blah. Right? The neutral side says, here's what I lost. How am I going to recoup those earnings? Maybe I have to work some overtime. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I have to, you know, just cut back and say that I'm not going to go to the casino anymore because I don't like the feeling that I'm feeling right now, right? And it really puts the onus and the control, like we always say, control the controllables. It puts the control back in your hands, right? And what you also don't feel like you're being inauthentically you. Like, if you don't want to be positive, don't be positive. But if you don't want to be negative, like, you you for damn sure shouldn't be negative either, right? Be somewhere in the middle, right? Well, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, you know, first of all, the attitude of not forcing positivity. And and part of my training in something called somatic experience is something about learning people to process things in their body. I think a lot of times people don't know how to, hold space for right disappointment or tension um you know or just the need to kind of like you said deal with something like this either right disappointing loss at the casino or like you said you're about to go fight your all your emotions have led towards getting excited and now that's pulled away right um so that may cause people to do certain things you know they say doubling down to use the gambling metaphor right people will want to keep that adrenaline going so they will you know make decisions that are maybe not in their best interest or do things to force injuries because emotionally they were already going in one direction and so it's you know it's not about feeding into that negativity we go negative because it's like it gives us a sense of control well if well if everything sucks and i know i'm bad or i know you know like in a way it's like i'm already taking myself out of the fight right and and part of preparation you know for any event for any athlete of any level um is a level of anxiety of the unknown of sure. trying to change your approach and figure out what skills or tool sets you need um so i, I like what you're saying about you know, keeping a neutral mindset because it's hard to look at your routines or your approach when you're clouded. Sure. And, and you know, that, that, that's another good point too, is like people, people will say all the time, like, how do you teach your athletes not to, to have self doubt? And, you know, one of, one of the best uh, answers that I could give is that I don't because in sports, there should be self-doubt because the outcome isn't predetermined, right? We don't know if we're going to win or lose. We hope that we win, right? But there's a good chance that you're going to lose, right? There's there's that 50-50 chance. We only really have two options, winning or, or losing, maybe a tie if that, you know, is at all possible. So, you know, the, the thing that, that – can mitigate the self-doubt is just preparation, right? Being as prepared as you could possibly be, knowing that you didn't cut corners in your training camp, knowing that, you know, you do, you do all the little things that, that other people aren't willing to do, you know, the little boring things, you know, the, the, the foam rolling, the stretching, you know, the, the getting in bed before, 
you know, two in the morning, like, like all of that stuff, like that will help to, to mitigate the self-doubt, but it won't, it won't erase it completely. And it shouldn't because we're still dealing with stuff that has no predetermined outcome. Right. Right. So the importance of staying neutral, I heard you throw in there, you know, performance routines yeah. um, and, and addressing, you know, self-doubt as it starts to creep in, you know, catching it, um, you know, part of the performance routines are, you know, addressing your self-talk, sure. um, you know, looking at the things you, you, you say to yourself or how you handle adversity. I mean, it's easy for us to say sitting on the sideline when we see an athlete, right, they, they miss a shot or something, you see kind of something shifting internally. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. But it's harder to be there on the front lines and, and, Absolutely. and to, keep, Absolutely. to keep grinding, uh, like they say, right, you know, Michael Jordan missed more game winners than he made. Or Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, again, I think, like, luckily, luckily for me, like, that is – that is an area that I have a lot of experience in. So like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not just talking out of the side of my mouth when I talk to a fighter about how to, you know, push past this adversity or, you know, push past a loss or push past self-doubt because there, there was, there was a lot of self-doubt during, during my losing streak. There, there really was, you know, like where I was like, maybe I'm, I'm biting off a little bit more than I can chew here. But then at the same time, like just having to tell yourself, you know, no, it's all BS. Like you're feeling bad for yourself right now. Like the more you work sooner or later, this is going to be erased, you know? And, and it's, and honestly, like, it's also going back and, you know, evaluating your process and seeing if you're doing all of the right things, you know, you think you're doing all the right stuff, maybe you're not, you know, and I mean, it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant cycle and it's a constant evolution and, you know. How do you do that? Do you do that with your fighters or do you have them kind of doing that for themselves? I mean, what's something we can take away today for any athlete out there, you know, who doesn't even know, right, how to, how to self-evaluate um, what's working and what's not? Um, just, uh, like, for me, one of the things that, that we do, especially when I'm working with somebody early on, is um, we, we all know what we should do right because we have we have examples of of athletes that we look up to people that you know are our role models or people that we model so like we say what's the goal right and like let's say let's say the goal is to lose oh no let's say i was going to say lose weight but like let's just say it's one of my fighters okay and like let's say it's a person that's training for their first mma fight okay so we know that we're probably going to have to cut weight at, at a certain point, but before we even go into the cut, how close are we to the weight that we want to make anyway? So do we have to start losing weight before we start cutting weight, right? <clears throat> if that's true, then what are our process goals? Well, we have to eat, you know, three times or six times a day, every two hours, blah, 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 blah. So then 
how do we do that? Okay, well, we either meal prep on Sundays or we plan the night before for the, for the next day. So we make sure all of our meals are ahead. So then, you know, there's no temptation to go to Burger King or, you know, grab something quick, blah, 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 blah. Then, you know, we have to get, we have to get at least six hours to eight hours of sleep or something like that. Okay. Well, that means that, you know, I put my phone in the other room because I spend a lot of time on Facebook at the end of the night. So the phone goes in the other room where I make sure that I still hear my alarm, but it's not close enough for me to grab it. Like, like what is, what is the process that we have to go through? And then we break that process down into smaller and smaller steps, right? Because eventually, you know, the more little steps we take um, lead to bigger and bigger leaps of, of being successful, right? So it's, it's just really looking at what you're doing now. It's finding out what you have to start doing, what you have to stop doing, and then what you have to continue doing are, are three real big things that can carry you through to a goal. Look at, look, look at your life, look at your, your daily performance in life and figure out what you have to start doing, stop doing, and continue doing. Once you do that, then we develop the process goals from there to lead to the actual outcome. It's amazing stuff, yeah, and, and very particular to what, right, what the battle of a wrestler or fighter is in terms of uh, process versus results orientation. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it very unique, right? Having to adjust your physical body and your weight. Um, yeah. but nutrition, hydration, recovery, um, you know, continue to be, you know, focuses and things that, that can be really overlooked even for athletes at, at a very high level. And again, all um, that stuff is in your control, right? Like, all that stuff is in your control. Like that's really on nobody else but you. And once you start to understand how much control you actually have as a fighter, as a person, it, it, there's a lot of freedom in that, you know, where I don't have to worry about the things that are outside of my control. Um, it, you <clears throat> kind of get that, that light bulb moment and you feel much better about yourself. Um, <clears throat> one of my, uh, you know, I think you could, I think you could do this on your own, but um, one of the first things that I do when working with an athlete is <clears throat> I split the page. I split a piece of paper down the middle, and <laughs> on one side I write "can control," and then on the other side I write "not in my control." And I have them write down everything that I think that they think is in their control, and everything that they think is isn't in their control. And then we go through them one by one, and we kind of you know, make sure that that the things that they think are in their control are actually in their control, like like the outcome of a match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the outcome of a match actually isn't in your control as much as you think, right? Because you still got a ref, you got another opponent. But the thing that's in, in your control is your preparation, you know, and performing the move <clears throat> with the highest level of tech technical ability that you possibly can. That's it. That's it. Right. And staying focused on that, right, because, 
you know, and being ready to do the move that you prepared to do at the right time when the opportunity presents it requires you being really present and aware yep. of what's happening, uh, you know, mid-fight. It's, awesome. it's not <laughs> just pre-fight and post-fight, right? It's it's like it, it's during, what's yep. Yeah, what yep. happened when you're fatigued and like you said, when <laughs> when you've gotten punched in the mouth and there's a little bit of taste of your own sweat and blood. <laughs> Uh, yep, can you can you still focus and use what your training has prepared you to do? That to me is the combination of a mental and physical warrior. And I and I love it. I love it. You know, that's actually uh, before we go. That's actually one of my one of my bigger goals is uh, is I don't just want to be a mental performance coach. I would love to have my own gym one day where <clears throat> I train fighters physically and mentally, I actually want to be um, one of the first disabled people that I would know to train uh, to train somebody to either be a jiu-jitsu or MMA world champion. That's, 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 a, that's a big time goal of mine. Wow. Wow. So this Dr. Frankenstein didn't know what he created when he created Matt Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, and that's and that's really where it starts, the vision. I mean, you know, so so that would be the first the first of a kind for for MMA or at any at any at any sport like boxing, wrestling. So I so I mean I think I think it would be I I think I would be one of the first. There's other people that have like some physical disabilities, but like those are like, you know, I have like a, a, a like a limb deformity, or or something like that. I'm talking about like, like you know, not being able to use a, a large portion of my body. Um, not not obviously not to discount anybody that has another physical disability, but I mean someone with a with a neurological disorder like me I, I there's no one else that i know of that does that kind of stuff that ha, that has done that stuff right yeah not and not so much to compare or uh sure. yeah disabilities or put down anyone who does no not at all performance not related, at but, all. but in terms of i was asking in, in front in terms of um you know if there's anyone you look at just as a a, a model you know, or is this vision just like unprecedented? Um, there, there's, there's no one, no, there's no one with, with, with a physical disability. Like, I, to be honest, you know, not, not to sound, not to sound weird or anything like that. I, I really don't, I really don't have like role models or anything like that who had physical disabilities um, because in my head, I don't see myself as being physically disabled. Mm. Like what, like well, when, who's, when who's I, your favorite fighter who, 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 or, or, or coach or someone who's done both oh, or, so, or, or is it just so uncharted my, territory? Is it just your own world? No, no, no so, so for, so for right now, like my, my, my favorite coach right now is absolutely John Danaher who coaches at Hanzo Gracie's in New York and the only reason that he's my favorite coach is because they are they're the team right now that has the highest winning percentage in the grappling sport so like I think if you want to be excellent like you study excellence 
right? Like, like, <laughs> like, I love, you know, I, it's not so much that I'm a fan of his, I'm a fan of their results, right? So I want to know what they do and how they do it and why they do it that way, right? Like, you know, um, because if, if, like I said, like I said, if you want to be, if you want to be excellent at something, you study excellence. So, so anybody, anybody that's, that's grappling or, or coaching at a high level, I want to know why, you know, and, and, uh, and Dan Hurst like one of the, one of the biggest guys right now doing that. And his guys have a really high winning percentage, but I'll study anybody in any sport. You know, I, like I read <coughs> constantly like Belichick, Saban, you know, John Wooden, like I, I'm taking bits and pieces from everybody. Yeah. I got a, I got a John, I got a John Wooden, uh, poster in my room. I made, a, yeah. I made a make a wish donation right before new year's and I got a John Wooden poster delivered to me. I was like, you know, how, how much would like, you know, how much was this personally crafted for a message for me for this year? But you just said it, right? You just said it twice, you know, so forgive me for not underscoring it for listen. You want to be great, study greatness. And, yes. you know, I think there's a study, whether it's the happiest people or most successful people, they study, you know, yes. and whether that is, you know, there, there's no judgment here. It doesn't have to be super philosophical or deep, no. you know, but take a look at people that have, you know, modeled greatness and sure. focused greatness and achieved it and, and learn to apply or learn from them because there's yeah. so much information now, especially, you know, I love it when I talk like an old guy, but it's like compared to when I was in school, right? I mean, the amount of stuff you can get off the internet, the amount of access of information. No, I mean, uh, for real, like, uh, like <laughs> I spend way too much money on, on jujitsu instructionals, right? But like, there hasn't, there's, there's never been a point in, in you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but to be able to, you know, before, if you wanted to, to learn from somebody, you either had to go to their school or you had to go to a seminar and learn hands-on from them. Now, guys are putting on instructionals all the time, and you could sit down and for hours just look at how they teach. Look at the moves that they teach. How, like, why they teach it that way. <laughs> like, and if you're not spending your, I, I should say, if you're not investing your time uh, doing that stuff, if you're not investing your time doing that, and and you say that you want to be great at something, then you really don't want to be great. You know, like it, you kind of say that, like it would be nice if I was great, but you know, you need to put your time and you need to invest and you need to learn. Well, Matt, I think you and I could sit here and have this conversation all day or turn it into a mini series. Maybe we will. <laughs> I keep coming yeah. up with ideas for new podcasts, but I think a whole series, you know, just focused on uh, MMA and uh, First, man, like I, I could, you know, I could talk about this stuff all day. Like um, I get, I, I seriously get emotional talking about the combat sports. That's how much I love them. And I, and I could, I could talk about it all day, but I won't because nobody wants to listen to me for that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've enjoyed, you know, heavily listening to you today and, and getting acquainted to you. 
Um, excited being a part of that uh, mastermind we're in, which has given me homework and already yeah. uh, read two books uh, connected to that one. So that gives me <laughs> excitement for, uh, you know, and if any of you are trapped inside in rainy weather or self-quarantining this weekend, uh, you know, you know, feed, feed up on your, uh, you know, on your, on your learning or books that you really want to, you know, use it as an opportunity to give to yourself and rejuvenate and uh, stay healthy. And, you know, thank you again, Matt, you want to tell our guests uh, before you sign off how they can get a hold of you and find you on social and uh, sure. if they want to learn more about your work or train with you sure. or yeah, use you absolutely. as a performance coach. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, it's real easy. My website is www.marcinicperformance.com. Um, Instagram is just at Matt Marcinic, at Matt Marcinic. Uh, Twitter, I don't really use Twitter that much, but it's Disabled Grappler on Twitter. Um, you can, <laughs> if you, <laughs> you want to talk, if you want to um, book a free 20-minute discovery call with me, just to go over some stuff, um, you know, you can do that through my website. If you're local to this Scranton area, um, you know, <clears throat> come visit the gym that I train at, Scranton MMA. Uh, <clears throat> that's just ScrantonMMA.com. Um, if you're local to the Scranton area and you want a private lesson from me in Jiu-Jitsu or Judo or anything, uh, you can book that through my website. And uh, that's pretty much it. Well, thank you again, Matt Marcinek. Um, so again, if you didn't get that at Instagram at Disabled Grappler. Instagram is at Matt Marcinek. At Matt Marcinek. Yep. So Twitter's you know. Disabled Grappler. Yes. Yeah, so follow him. Listen to Matt if you might, you know, that's if you're willing to take the motivation that he's willing to dish out. Um, he's full of it. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, uh, to be acquainted with you. And I hope someday we can create the Red Baron still there in Scranton. No, we're actually, uh, we're actually a Yankees affiliate now for like oh. the last five to seven years. Yeah. The Yankees <laughs> came in and, uh, we're the, we're the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders now. <laughs> well, that's that's too bad, man. I had some great memories as a kid of, of in the summer going out there and seeing oh, the yeah. parents. Uh, sure. And uh, you know, hopefully we get we get back to the world of uh, of baseball and MMA fightings. Uh, give give your fighters a focus, yeah, uh, you know, so they don't uh, start packing on too many of these uh, winter pounds. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all, of, all of a sudden, never want to be upgrading a heavyweight. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you again. And uh, I'm grateful for your time and your energy and your inspiration. You've given a lot to me today. And um, uh, we look forward to um, staying connected in the future and hopefully doing some more shows down the road. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, if you ever need me again, just reach out. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram, Richard Listens.
Uh, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.